art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plague, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof, with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Shouts of Grace Center brings you pure and undiluted word of God from the impeccable throne of grace. Be blessed as you listen. Welcome once again to our Sunday worship service. It promises to be a wonderful time. I want you to sit back and enjoy what we have for you today. We will be talking about something interesting today um, entitled The Couple That Is Doing Well. You really want to sit back and enjoy what we have for you. Uh, well, we often are encountered with the hustle and bustle of life. Uh, the husband chases contracts, goes on a job. The woman also goes on a job, uh, house chores, taking care of the children. And we usually become distracted. And we need to remind ourselves every now and then about what we should be doing and how we should do it hallelujah praise the lord so like uh pastor sophia said uh we're going to get on this and we are looking at the couple that is doing well the number one couple that is doing well is the praying couple the praying couple as couples kindly ensure that you pray for each other this is extremely important you pray for each other and this is to harness the power of god and the help of god into your home into your family into your relationship you see prayer is extremely important when it comes to marital relationship the couple that prays together will always stay together and that's very important now the scripture talks about the power of agreement and I always ask people, where else can you have the maximum level of agreement other than marriage setting? In Matthew chapter 18 verse 19, he says, Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. I love the way Amplified puts it. It says, Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth will agree harmonize together make a symphony together about whatever anything and everything they may ask it will come to pass and be done for them by my father in heaven you see i love the word harmonize and synchronize if every couple can harmonize together in the place of prayer and it used the word at symphony and this deals with music an arrangement of music if the couple can be on the same page in the place of prayer what the bible is saying is that there's nothing that shall be refused them so it's important that couple that is doing well the number one thing we want to identify here is that they must be a praying couple 
I remember in the early years of our marriage. I think we've been married for just one year or so. And we needed a car. And we just stood in agreement. We joined our hands and we prayed. Do you know what? That car was supernaturally supplied around 2001. And the same car, when we wanted to sell it off at a time, and then we kept on trying to sell and sell, and it's rolling from months to months, and we couldn't sell. And then we asked ourselves, how did we get this kind of first place? We, we stood in agreement. So we joined our hands that morning, I remember vividly. We joined our hands together, and we agreed, and said so we declared this car sold. Guess what? Less than four hours after that prayer of agreement, that car was sold. So the power of agreement is awesome. So you've got to understand the place of prayer as a couple. You see, everything the devil is trying to do is to ensure that you are not praying. And you've got to make up your mind and tell yourself, we've got to pray. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 40 to 41, the Bible says, And he cometh unto, his, unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You see, the praying couple will have a lot going for them. It will have a lot going for them. Prayer is powerful. In that Matthew 26, 40 to 41, what the Bible is saying there is that as a couple, if you pray, you will not enter into temptation. Which means that if you don't pray, you will likely get into a lot of troubles. We must get to that point in our lives where as a couple, we are praying together. If you are single and you are not yet married but you are in courtship, understand that prayer will play an important role in a successful courtship that will lead to marriage. We need to understand that. Are you noticing any weakness in your spouse? Take it to the Lord in prayer. God will answer your prayers. Hallelujah. Number two is the calling couple. The calling couple. You want to take advantage of the technology that we have now to make calls and to make sure you are in constant communication with your spouse is very very important you want to make sure you at least get in touch with your spouse once um, during the day um, it doesn't matter whether you will still come back to meet at home later in the day but you want to make sure you at least get in touch with your spouse once you know during the day you want to keep in touch uh, we have SMS, there is video chats, video calls, and you want to make use of all these to make sure that communication is kept alive. Communication has been found to be the life wire of any marriage. Once communication dies, we believe the marriage dies. You want to be in constant communication because communication is the life wire of any relationship you want to keep talking keep talking keep talking and keep talking you want to be in constant communication because you are part of one another genesis 2 and verse 23 
says, And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she's taken out of man. You are part of each other. And the only way you will prove that you are part of yourselves is to keep on communicating. Well, you, you, you might want to uh, be considerate in how you, you, you uh, communicate with your spouse during the day. Probably your spouse is uh, in a board meeting or something. You want to make sure you are considerate. Uh, you have talked about when uh, is the best time to communicate. You don't want to uh, keep uh, stalking your spouse. You don't want to communicate out of being suspicious. You don't want to communicate out of uh, suspecting that she's doing something. You, you just want to communicate with her because you care, because she's part of you. However, we want to ensure that you communicate with right words that builds. Let me say that again. You want to communicate with right words that build. They are right words uh, and they are words that build. We can see the example in Genesis 11.1 1, when the earth was with one language and they had one speech. They were in unity. They, they, they spoke the same language. It was possible for them to build. That was when they wanted to build the Tower of Babel. And what happened, you know, even God couldn't stop them because they were in constant communication. But what happened in um, Genesis 11:7 is that when this Tower of Babel wanted to be stopped, what did God do? God had to uh, confound their language. God had to confound their language. That means they were saying things they did not understand. They were not on the same page. So as couples, we want to encourage ourselves to communicate, to communicate well, to communicate uh, that, that endears our spouse to us, to communicate, to show that we care, to communicate, to show that we are part of each other's lives. Number three is the exchanging couple. That's powerful. The exchanging couple. What do I mean by that? You must be exchanging gifts from time to time. I see it doesn't have to be expensive. It's the gesture that matters a lot. Those little gestures keep the fire burning in marriage. In Proverbs 18, 16, it says, A man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. Message translation says, A gift gets attention. In other words, you want to get attention of your spouse? Ensure that you get gifts for your spouse when you give a gift to your spouse guess what happens anger reduces or subsides in proverbs 21 14 the bible says a gift in secret pacifies anger and a reward in the bosom strong wrath the message translation says a quietly given gift suits an irritable person a heartfelt 
presence cools out temper and this is extremely important when it comes to the use of gifts in marriage you can use that to uh, maintain a beautiful time in the in, in 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 your relationship with your spouse we see an example of gift what gifts can do in genesis 32 20 we know the story of jacob and esau and you know jacob had offended esau of course we know the story that was obvious but now he was coming back and he was afraid that Esau would kill him. What did, they, what did he say in Genesis 32 20? He said, Say, your servant Jacob is on his way behind us. He thought, I will soften him up with a succession of gifts. Then when he sees me face to face, maybe he'll be glad to welcome me. You see, succession of gifts. And that can be very powerful in your relationship with your spouse. Hallelujah. Part of what it takes to be a couple that is doing well is you have to be a sharing couple now what do i mean by a sharing couple what does it mean to share you want to share your spiritual experiences with your spouse you want to talk to your spouse about what god is dealing with you about you want to talk about your expectations you even want to talk about your fears your challenges you have to keep on sharing with each other now a lot of couples they they prefer to just share about what is going on maybe news uh, maybe gist maybe gossip that is good because it's still a form of communicating but in this case we want something that will benefit both couples and that is why we say that you have to be a sharing couple share spiritual experiences with your spouse i remember you know way back when we were engaged with my husband he will always share with me uh, everything he receives there is not one of his dreams that I didn't know about both his visions that uh, God spoke to him in the night time and the dreams and the vision that were battered in his heart as he read the scriptures he shared every single one of those dreams with me and you know so also I did share with him we always shared um, our spiritual experiences. I remember uh, whenever he reads a book, he will always jot down and he, I will be the very first person he will share those things with me. And we can also learn this from um, Apostle Paul. He wrote in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 23, For I have received of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you. As couples, we should learn to share spiritual experiences with each other. Number five is the encouraging couple. You've got to learn to encourage yourself. You should be the number one fan of your spouse. You are its number one. You are our number one. Never discourage each other. Even when your spouse 
cracks a joke you feel is not humorous enough just laugh i mean that is what it is in in your marriage you want to focus on your husband or your wife you want to put all your attention on your spouse and that can be very powerful and spiritual as well you see when you focus on each other you encourage each other you give your holy spirit an allowance in your life in your home see the holy spirit cannot operate in any home or family or in any marriage where there's strife where there's disconnection where the couple are disenfranchised from each other where where they are far away from each other emotionally you want to make sure you are together and you're on the same page as a husband you don't prefer any other woman on the planet as to your wife as a wife you don't prefer any other man on the planet as to your husband he is your number one fan he's your number one man you focus on him and that is spiritual when you do that god is going to honor and bless you in ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 11 he says again if two lie together they will have warmth he said but how can one be warm alone it's almost difficult hallelujah you've got to learn to encourage yourself and speak good and edifying words to each other in Ephesians 4 29 he says let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of a divine that it may minister grace unto the hearers I love amplified version he says let no foul or polluting language nor evil word nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth he said but only speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others as is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace that is God's favor to those who hear it I pray for you in your marriage and in your home even as you listen to this message God will bring peace and succor to your marriage in the name of Jesus God will bring you together and will heal every wound and every hurt in Jesus mighty name we pray amen hallelujah glory to god number six is the forgiving spouse you really want to be a forgiving couple and now god is the only one that is perfect is the only one uh, that that cannot hurt anyone because bible says that god is love you want to forgive yourselves and you want to forgive yourselves quickly you want to be quick at forgiving yourself because marriage is actually too forgiving couples you want to train yourself you want to train yourselves to be forgiven uh, there are some temperaments or there are some people that are very revengeful uh, they, 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 they like to revenge when you do something for them uh, it doesn't they don't easily let go that cannot work in marriage it cannot work in marriage you have to learn to forgive you have to learn to let go of hurts knowing that you are not perfect knowing that you yourself hurt your spouse at one time or another let me read Ephesians 4 and chapter 32 it reads be ye kind to one another you really want to be kind you want to be kind you want to be kind to your spouse it says be ye kind one to another 
tender-hearted is very very important you want to be kind to your spouse you want to do things that are kind to your spouse and then it says be tender-hearted is very very important we have to be tender-hearted one to another and now it's not only the ladies not only the wives that are uh, entitled to enjoying their husbands being tender-hearted and being kind it goes both ways wife be tender-hearted be kind to your husband and husband also be kind and tender-hearted to yourself eh? and be ye kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving one another is very very important and of course that scripture started with being kind and then being tender-hearted when you when you do these two things it's it becomes very easy for you to forgive it says forgiving one another even as god for christ's sake had forgiven us the amplified version says be gentle with one another hallelujah that's very very important be gentle to one another sensitive forgiving one another as quickly and as thoroughly as as god in christ forgive you so you want to forgive quickly and you want to forgive thoroughly some couples are in the habit of forgiving uh, partially of forgiving and then they still uh, it, it still shows in their behavior that they are still holding one grudge or another with their spouse amen number seven number seven is the correcting couple ah oh my god the correcting couple and this is extremely important because we are talking about correction here do you know that it takes nine affirming statements to be able to accommodate one criticism nine affirming statements before your criticism can be accepted or can be meaningful to your spouse but you know what people do is to give nine brutally critical statements and non-affirming statements this will not yield any positive result we must consciously use good and edifying words while we are trying to correct our spouses in proverbs chapter 4 verse 13 the bible said take fast hold of instruction let her not go keep her for she is thy life in other words what we are saying here is that instruction is extremely important uh, we are not saying you should not give instruction but we are saying there's a way to get your instructions and corrections across and i think corrections should go both ways it's not just be one way however when you are correcting your husband you need to be particular about being respectful you see the word respect is key let me show you in the scripture what a wife should do or what a wife should do before correcting her husband this is powerful ephesians chapter 5 verse 33 amplified version it is however let each man of you without exception love his wife as being in a sense his very own self let the wife see that she respects and reverences her husband that she notices him regards him honors him prefers him venerates and esteems him and that she defers to him praises him loves 
and admire him exceedingly you see if you have done all of these to your husband believe you me you can easily correct your husband but if you haven't done all of these you know the correction might not be taken in the right way so if you do all of the above in Ephesians 5 3 that we just read correction will be easy now let me quickly mention three things you should not do while correcting your spouse number one do not lecture your spouse why your spouse is not your student number two do not summonize your spouse why your spouse is not your church member number three do not correct whenever you are angry you see when you do any of the above things i just mentioned those corrections are not getting past the ears they are not even getting into the heart and the reality is that it takes those corrections to reach the heart before there can be a change i'm sure a lot of us have gone through this experience where you are wondering and amazed and you're talking to your spouse like i've been telling you this thing for the past 5 10 15 years and you refuse to change what kind of a person are you don't you can't you take simple instruction you see the question is how have you been saying it have you been summonizing have you been lecturing have you been doing this while you are angry or while both of you are angry you see the instruction has not been reaching the heart so you need to understand how this works when you are angry you will use wrong words so don't try to correct while you are angry i pray that god will give us more understanding number eight of the couple that is doing well is the obedient couple you want to make sure that as a couple you are obedient obedient to what obedient to god's instructions you want to help each other to obey god's instruction that's very very important because you know uh, god is the one that instituted the marriage covenant in the first place so you want to seek to please him you want to seek to obey him all the way there will be instructions along the line it doesn't matter whether you are a pastor whether uh, you are a layman whether you are a career person i believe god will be giving instructions at every point um, of the marriage journey you have to encourage yourselves to obey God's instruction. This is very important. And one example I would like to share is the example of Abraham and Sarah. Abraham and Sarah in the Bible, uh, we know they had um, a time when they were believing God to fulfill his promise. I believe very strongly that they encourage themselves uh, bible says in romans 4 and verse 20 he staggered not at the promise of god through unbelief he staggered not i believe um, abraham was not uh, just alone in this journey i believe very strongly that sarah must have been behind her encouraging her urging him on god will do it and that is very important. You want to be a spouse that is encouraging and urging your spouse to fulfill and to obey God's commands. Uh, that scripture goes on to say, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He was strong in faith, giving glory to God. I believe this, is, uh, this was not just a journey that Abraham took on his own. The same way with Sarah too. 
I believe they were encouraging each other, encouraging each other along the way. And that is why the Bible says in Hebrews 11, 11, true faith also, Sarah herself received strength. You know, Sarah herself received strength. She received the strength from the Lord to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who has promised. Bible says she judged him faithful who has promised. I believe, you know, um, before she could come to the place where she had to judge God faithful, it must have been an interaction between himself, herself and Abraham. They were obedient couples. And I want to encourage us along the line when we are uh, on this marriage, marital journey, we should always be obedient. Let's go to number nine, which is the trusting couple. There has to be trust in your marriage. When trust begins to die, the marriage begins to die. Avoid instances that will erode trust in your marriage as much as possible. Ensure that you do things that will make your spouse trust you more and more. You see, the more you erode trust and kill trust in your marriage, the more your spouse will begin to be suspicious of you. You have to learn to be truthful with each other. It is when you tell lies and your spouse discover the lies that trust is eroded over time. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 to 25, he says, Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up into all aspects unto him who is the head, even Christ. He said, Therefore, laying aside all falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. You know, some people can tell lies. In marriage, avoid telling lies. Why should you tell a lie to your husband or wife? You see, we, we need to be careful about that because it is on the platform of lie that adultery is established. Adulterous escapades are only predicated upon insincerity. So you want to make sure that you stay away from insincerity and from telling lies. If you can be truthful to your spouse, you would almost 80% of the time you will have dealt with adulterous tendencies because it takes secrecy to perpetuate those kind of sin. The moment you are open to your spouse, the more you eliminate unnecessary frictions in your life. Hallelujah. Number 10 of the couple that is doing well is the accountable couple. The accountable couple. You want to ensure that you are a couple that is accountable. You are accountable. You have a mentor. It's very, very important that every couple should have a mentor. Uh, you don't want to have a mentor, of course, of someone that is below you. 
you don't want to have mentor of somebody that is of the same level so your mentor has to be somebody that is above you somebody that is your spiritual leader maybe your pastor or some other person and also you don't want to make your parents your mentor because parents naturally will take to one side they will always protect their own children you want to um, make someone on a neutral ground um, who, who is above you spiritually to be your mentor and everybody at one point in time needs a mentor somebody said mentors are to prevent you from being tormented or from tormentors that's very true in being accountable uh, you want to have mentors that will guide you through your marital journey there are things um, you you want to ask your mentors there are questions in life you want to ask your mentors my husband and i have been married for 20 years and it naturally means we have some wisdom to offer people that have been married in lesser years and of course plus god's anointing and grace upon our lives we can um, offer solutions to their marital problems mentors are important in our lives and we need to take them seriously example is um, moses moses was somebody anointed called of god he had a very special assignment to carry out and yet he still needed the wisdom of jethro in um, exodus 18 and verse 17 and moses father-in-law said to him the thing that you are doing is not good this was when um, he would sit from morning till till night um, counseling the people of israel and the father-in-law said to him what he was doing was not good exodus 18 and verse 18 thou will surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee for this deed is too heavy for thee thou art not able to perform it yourself there are some things that we are doing in our marriage that is not good we might not know we might not be aware we might just be doing it but there are some things that we are doing as a husband you might be doing something maybe because you 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 saw your parents do it you 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 never know that is injurious to your marriage so also the wife might just be doing some things unknowingly but it is to the detriment of their marriage that is why every couple needs a mentor all right in conclusion uh we've highlighted 10 things about the couple that is doing well i want to encourage us to go over this message over and over again if possible as couples let's discuss it and see how we can make improvement in these several areas of our lives i pray for you in the name of jesus that god indeed will bless your home and will bless your marriage every marriage where there are storms right now we say peace be still in the name of jesus we rebuke the hand of the devil over your marriage we declare that god's counsel will stand in the name of jesus 
that marriage will stand god will breathe upon your home and upon your marriage it will bring healing to every wound and every heart in the name of jesus thank you lord because couples that are listening you will cause your grace to rest upon them in the name of jesus and we also pray for those who are single the lord you will you will surround their relationships and courtship with your mercy and your grace and you cause it to become a reality leading into marriage in the name of jesus thank you for joining us today we're just going to go ahead and take our offerings and tithes god bless you this over our tithes. Are we ready? I confess this day to you, Lord God, that I have come into the inheritance which you swore to give me. I was a sinner held in bondage and in darkness by Satan, but I called upon the name of the Lord and you heard my cry and delivered me from the power and authority of darkness. You lifted me out of my affliction and oppression. You took me in, forgave me, and translated me into the kingdom of your dear son. You made me yours through the blood of Jesus and gave me authority over the evil one. Jesus, as my Lord and high priest, I bring the fruits of my income which you have given me. I expect you to set it before the Father and worship him with it. I rejoice in all the good which you have given to me and my household. I have listened to the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. Now look down from heaven, your holy habitation, and bless me, your son and servant, according to your riches in glory. Bless my job and my work and the work of my hands as you have promised in your word. I declare the blessing is pouring out and there's not enough room to receive it. God, you have rebuked the devourer for my sake. The works of my hands are not destroyed and come to nothing. Today, I am experiencing God's supernatural increase and I walk in it by faith. I worship you, Lord, and I call it done in Jesus' name. And everybody that believes that prayer says, Amen. Hallelujah. Let's take this word of confession as we give our offering. Father, your word says that he who ministers seeds to the sower, would ministers bread for my food and multiplies my seed sown and increases the fruit of my righteousness. Therefore, I am enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. I thank you for it, Lord. I stand on your word on Mark 4.23, which says, If any man has hear to hear, let him hear. So I make the decision right now to receive. I will receive. I will do all the things necessary. I will plant. I am planting now. I put the sickle to the abyss. My confession is on the word. My confession is by faith. In Jesus' name, I receive now by faith the hundredfold return 
on the seed that is in my hands. I do this in obedience to your word. And Satan, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. You are the persecutor. Take your hands off my money. It is not your seed. It is not your land. It is mine and God's. Stay out of my garden. Stay off my farm. For the harvest is mine. Lord Jesus, I plant this seed into shouts of grace center and believe in its return because you said it. I dedicate it to your service, to your affairs in Jesus' name. It will be as the loaves and fishes when you used the hundredfold principles to feed the people. Amen. And everybody that believes that prayer says indeed, Amen. If you are here this morning and you have not given your life to Jesus, I would like to present us an opportunity to do so. It is the greatest decision you will ever take in your life. If you are making that decision this morning, say after me, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior. I declare you died for my sin. You rose up on a third day. From today, I'm a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. In Jesus' name. Congratulations if you prayed that prayer. Welcome to the body of Christ. Welcome to God's kingdom. Please kindly leave a comment or send us a message on any of our social media handles so that we can send you the relevant materials. God bless you. This message is brought to you by Dunamis and Sophia No and powered by the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, Shouts of Grace Center, and Kisses and Hugs Club, an online ministry to singles and married couples. Connect with us on Instagram at Pastor Dunamis, at Pastor Sophia Bola, at Shouts of Grace Center, at KC underscore global, on Facebook at KC Global, on YouTube at Dunamis Tunde Noo on MixLR at KHC Global. Visit our website www.kissesandhugs.com via our mail at kscpartners at gmail.com to partner with us kissesandhugs.com slash partnership God bless you.